Welcome to Health Chatter, our episode, I think it's 26, where we're going good, good and strong. Today we have a, a great a great show on healthy people 2030 the objectives for the nation we'll get we'll introduce our guests in a minute um i want to thank our illustrious crew that includes matthew campbell our production manager aaron collins and maddie levine wolf who do our background research for each of our shows and then of course um always my trusted colleague Clarence Jones. We have a good time doing these shows and have have really enjoyed them. In addition, uh, Human Partnership is is our our sponsor for this. There are great community organizations, and I encourage all of our listeners to uh, check them out. So today, Healthy People 2030: The Objectives for the Nation. We have a great colleague with us, uh, Nico Prank from uh, from Health Partners. He's the president of Health Partners Institute and chief science officer at Health Partners that's in, in Minnesota for all of our listeners. Um, a full professor of health policy and management at the University of Minnesota. His work is, is focused on connecting evidence of effectiveness with practical applications of programs and practices around, uh, around health. He was confirmed by the White House to serve as co-chair of the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services Advisory Committee on the National Health Promotion and Disease Prevention Objectives for the year 2030. So it, it's it's like our home our home crew here has an illustrious connection at the uh, at the national level. So Nico, thanks for for joining us today. We have great questions for you. But let me start out by um, giving our listeners perhaps a little history that um, that frankly even involves me. So the original healthy people came out in nineteen. Uh, it was it was first created in nineteen seventy nine for nineteen um, eighty. The objectives for the nation. It was called Healthy People. This was during the. Uh, the Carter administration. Um, Dr. Julius uh, Richmond was the uh, the Surgeon General back then. I actually had the opportunity to meet him right prior to when um, Healthy People was was first published. the The document itself, the the concept be behind Healthy People, actually came out of Canada. Um, Canada had, um, with, um, it was called the Lalonde Report, which was the health of, of Canadians, it was a report on the health of Canadians that dated back to 1974. And it was actually based, our, our healthy people was actually based on their concept of, geez, you know, if something can go really well in, in Canada, we should be able to do something here as well. So th this is this has been going ongoing actually for um, each of ten years since then, and um, it, it's really interesting. The first documents I had I used as as um, reading materials for a course that I I taught at the University 
University of Minnesota on prevention and health promotion. I required all the students to read Healthy People and that document and the background papers to it back back then. Okay, which was not a, a huge undertaking, frankly, back then, because the, the documents were relatively thin. And um and the number of objectives was was not as many as we have even today. But it certainly sets the tone for the country as a whole around the concepts of um of prevention and health promotion and has kept us going in that mode for a long, long time. As you can imagine, over the years, many things have hit the scene. And um, and Nico certainly can respond to, to all of this and also go through the complexities of what it's like to create another set <laughs> of objectives. And believe me, there are a lot of opinions about what should and shouldn't be in them, I know. So let's, let's start out with, um, your your perspective on on healthy people in general, Nico. Well, first of all, thank you both, Clarence and Stan, for inviting me to join you today. Um, I uh, you know I did not know Stan that you had that rich of a background with healthy people, uh, but I was aware that the uh, that that really healthy people was based on the Lalonde report from Canada. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as we were going through the deliberations with the, the advisory committee um, early on, um, you know, the the references to Julius Richmond uh, certainly came up, but also to Dr. Michael McGuinness, mm -hmm. who was one of the main leaders there to get that all running, and who is still connected to this program. As we were doing our work, we still sat down with him as well to sort of, uh, you know, get some historical perspective, but also start thinking about the future and, and how to leverage healthy people, for example, against uh, objectives that really refer to the healthcare system rather than the prevention system. So um, so that that was, you know, all of those meetings and, and uh, opportunities to sort of connect the dots uh, were very meaningful. Um, my perspective, on it is uh, first of all I was quite humbled to be uh, to be asked to co-lead the advisory committee um, as it was uh, supporting this whole project with Dr. Um, Dr. Kleinman, Dushenka Kleinman from the University of Maryland. Um, you know this is really in my view one of those opportunities where you can actually, you know, set goals for a decade and make a meaningful contribution to what the country's health uh, efforts, health improvement efforts uh, may look like and have a deep impact on uh, on both people and communities. So, um, you know, so we took that charge very seriously. Um, but also, it isn't like the the advisory committee just goes off and does its own thing. We had, we had a clear charter, uh, you know, that was put in front of us by the Secretary of Health and Human Services. And really the work of the advisory committee is to follow that charter pretty closely. And so you may, you may have noticed that Healthy People 2030 is very much organized around a limited set of objectives. Um, the number of objectives have been reduced you know, quite dramatically compared to other years. And uh, and that was really one of the main challenges that we had to work through. At the same time, 
we were very interested in ensuring that the next decade would address issues of health equity, health literacy, um, and also think more broadly about what determines health rather than uh, than than what is health alone. So, so the shift, the major shifts, I think, uh, that came out for Healthy People 2030 was the 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 added focus on well-being um so the really the the entire effort is now organized around health and well-being not just health alone and secondly uh, much more focus on the uh, social determinants of health which really affects the physical the social and the economic environments in which people live you know, um, and we'll get into health inequities in a, in a second. I want to pull in in Clarence. You know, uh, over the years, because I've been I've been watching, as you can imagine, um, healthy people mature decade to decade, and um, it's interesting that healthy people, nineteen ninety. Its major focus was decreased mortality, infants, adults, increased independence among older adults. Then in, tw- in 2000, increased span of healthy life, reduced health disparities. So back in, in you know 2000, we were addressing health disparities and achieved uh, preventive services for all. And then As the years went on, as the decades went on, this whole theme of eliminating health disparities and health inequities um, was there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first, Nico, then 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 Clarence, for sure. Um, Have you know, based on on the analysis of all of these objectives, well, these years, especially if, you know, a major theme in healthy people was addressing health disparities, health inequities. Was your sense after analyzing all the information, did we get anywhere? Have we gotten anywhere as it relates to health disparities? Or is this kind of an ongoing thematic arena, regardless of where we are, it's important to keep it going. So what, what's your perception on that? Well, so, so I think, first of all, you're right that these, that these, um, these areas of focus around disparities really came up early. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think as the, you know, over the 50 years of this initiative, I think there has been a recognition that you can sort of see over the years um, that, you got to get upstream. And so many of the areas of focus in 1990, as you said, were morbidity, mortality based. Yeah. Had to do with sort of at the end, at the end of the day, the 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 level of the individual was the focus. Whereas over time, I think the initiative has evolved to the point where there's also this, this other side, which is the upstream more societal community-based levels appear to be uh, showing up as a priority so so, I think so population we, based right population based yep yeah, uh, yeah so i think as a result you see the the goals of healthy people uh, evolve as well so like you said 1990 there were really only two goals one was more mortality based mm-hmm. infant through adults 
The other one was really independence-based, the, in the, yeah. the increasing independence uh, of uh, particularly older adults. By the time you get to 2020, there are four major areas of focus, and then 2030 added another, another one. So in, in 2030, we also added the area of uh, engaging leadership and stakeholders and constituents to make sure that there is an, uh, a multi-sector kind of approach to 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 meeting the the objectives and the goals yeah which which, ne- which sort of gets you to the the challenge that at the end of the day healthy people is an is an an objectives and goals based initiative but you also have to get there which means that somebody at the end of the day has to do something right. and otherwise nothing happens so, so the, the the finally that that additional goal is really intended to say, different stakeholders, different sectors, uh, really need to need to sort of uh, you know um, need, need to embrace this shared sense of uh, need to work together to do this to to to, to make to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, Clarence, perspectives, because you know you've been in the health field a long time. And, um, you know, I'm sure that this is a, a document that, um, you know, you refer to from time to time or are aware of from 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 to time to time. But yet you are involved more at the community level, always at the community level. And so what's your sense of of it, the, the objectives connecting with community health needs, so to speak? Well, thank you. First of all, let me thank you, Dr. Prong, for being here. Uh, we definitely appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about an issue that we know is important. But, you know, Stan, you started off by talking about um, healthy people. and You talked about how it's matured over a period of time. You talked about how it was, uh, you know, you could uh, actually give it to your students uh, in a the curriculum. They could do it, do it in a semester. And now it's, uh, it's this huge, uh, huge book. But I, I think for me... Um, I am aware. I hear the I hear the term uh, "healthy people" 2030, 2020, 2010. and the, the question the question for me is that I am not sure from a community level how it's applied. You know how does it get, how does how does the the community um, utilize the information in a way? And maybe it's not maybe it wasn't necessarily meant for us. I don't know. You know, you know what I'm saying. I, I think that 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 certain people use it for certain kind of reasons, but 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 for me, I, I, that that is the question. How how can how can people at my level, community level, utilize this information in order to help us to to address some of these issues as well? Uh, I know that it went from a thousand yeah. core concepts to 364. So that's a lot. But but from your perspective, how do you want the community to be able to utilize this information? to be able to help to go further upstream? Yeah, well, and that that is a great question. So so my view on it is that at the end of the day, um, when I sort of look at healthy people as an initiative, it is really an, a data initiative. It's, an, it's an, 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 an effort, a national effort to set an, an measurable set of goals over the, to be achieved over the course of 10 years. Okay. The, the work to change one goal to an improvement needs to happen somewhere in the community. Mm-hmm. 
the the initiative itself is really organized around the goals and then somehow make sure that people organizations institutions companies governments um you know really any entity that can af- that can affect any change is working in the same direction across the board so we can actually move the needle and i think over the years this this actually came out of the business uh, business world uh, peter drucker in particular mm-hmm. um, over the years indicating that you know if you set of if you set a set of goals then you can you know let people figure out how best to achieve them mm-hmm. um, and and i think the way that that the healthy people um, initiative has performed over the years is actually not too bad um, there are quite a few goals that uh, that you, when you sort of go through decade by decade and you see the updates on on how the the decade is doing um, quite a few goals have been achieved uh, because the goals change because the the targets uh, continue to be set uh, higher and higher levels you'll never achieve all of them but there is progress uh, unfortunately in the last couple of years that progress has been stifled uh, quite a bit uh, all the way you know to objectives of mortality but at the end of the day it's an uh, it's an indicator that there is progress you know being made yeah, uh, I think... to get back to your question mm-hmm. i think progress is being made because communities figure out how to work together and row in the same direction the same direction that's what the healthy people pro- pro- initiative is about to provide the directional effort, you know, where, w- which direction should we all row that boat? And, you know, if you don't have a goal, um, anybody can row in any direction. So I think that really is the strength of the program. You know, it's wow. funny when, when students would ask me, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember it distinctly, students would ask me, what good is this? Mm-hmm. What good is this, you know, this document back in, you know, 1990 called Healthy People Objectives for the Nation? And, um, you know, as an instructor back then, I said, you know what it does? If nothing else, it provides a framework. Mm-hmm. So like you said, we're not rowing in, you know, a million different directions. We're rowing at least down the same river together within this framework. And that's very useful, very useful overall within that framework you know we still have work to do mm-hmm. but at least we're within that frame as opposed to god knows what else clarence yeah i dr Brown, thank you for that i think the, the, the fact that you talked about it's about data you know helping us to be guided in, in a certain direction is really important because you know you know you say healthy people 20 30 people are expecting some great outcomes, you know, some great work. And so I, I, I get that. The the thing I want to uh, 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 really applaud uh, the, uh, the, the, this effort is around health literacy. I mean, it's really difficult. It's really difficult to have people become uh, more informed if they're not literate about it. And so can you talk a little bit more about that, that whole focus around the health literacy you know, in health equity, we know we we know we're with that, but but health literacy seems to be a real big issue 
for us getting uh before us getting to this next level yeah yeah and and you know the 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 advisory committee when we started uh our work in in late 2016 um one of the early agreements that the entire committee sort of pursued was this overarching perspective that both health equity and addressing disparities as well as health literacy really end up uh, being uh, identified as as those areas that should be an overarching objective and not one specific one. Um, The health literacy part was was recognized as uh, a key contributor to how people can improve their 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 health status, mm-hmm. and we also recognize that even you know even when we looked at the definitions of health literacy, that there is a need to also look at this multi-level perspective. Mm-hmm. That health literacy, as an example, is not just an individual level issue; it also needs to be supported by higher levels such as organizations, institutions. Mm-hmm. For example, what do healthcare organizations do to support people mm-hmm. so that they can understand what their options are, mm-hmm. so that they can make decisions about what to do um, based on the information that they have access to. So the the for, for the for the Healthy People 2030 effort, the focus really was on recognizing two levels. One was an individual level or a personal level, mm-hmm. and that the other level was the organizational level, and really allowing a systems perspective on this whole issue. And so the the new uh, definition is in fact a two tiered definition. Excellent. There is a personal level and an organizational level. So let's yeah. talk about that personal level for for a second, mm-hmm. because it, in my mind, it. it it was there uh, almost from from the beginning because we're really dealing with um, healthy behavior. Okay, I think we we're, we've kind of morphed into how it is that we can change behavior for the better when it re, when related to to health. But I'm pretty confident that that was you know somewhere embedded throughout but let, let's let's talk about healthy behavior how is healthy where is healthy behavior today how how was that assessed in 2030 the objectives for the nation today is it is it become more complicated has it been because of of um, all our communication vehicles has it become easier because of our different communication vehicles um are our health systems making healthy behavior easier i i assume and correct me if i'm wrong that the committee assessed healthy behavior where we're at and what is it that we can do objective wise going forward so comment on that healthy behavior yeah um so i you know i think I think the, you know, when when looking at behaviors, and this is where the 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 individual level sort of intersects again with these other levels that are exactly important. yeah. Um, behavior isn't necessarily easier to change than it was twenty thirty years ago. Um, in fact, it may be the opposite. 
yeah. there are enormous numbers of technologies that we now have available to us that change the way we work. It changes the way we uh, we live our lives. Um, and so just taking physical activity as an example. Yeah, there is so much more technology that 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 discourages activity throughout the course of the day that it actually is much more difficult for people to be active. Exactly. And so it's it's not the individual belief system or the individual's motivation or the individual's, you know, um, uh, you know, interest that necessarily has changed but the fact that you're now surrounded with an environment that is much more um you know physically inactive um in a sense it doesn't it doesn't make it easier for people to to meet that particular behavior uh, and its yeah. related objectives yeah so, i agree with it's that. a good example of how uh, for example health literacy at an organizational level um can can support people being much more um, informed, much more aware about these things that 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 are going on around them, and yeah. so that may in fact be supportive in helping people make decisions at the right time, at the right you know in the right way, so they can combat those negative influences on their health. You know, when we got together, Nico, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, um, you know, it relates to health behavior here, all the health gadgets that are available to us today. And on one hand, <laughs> literally, um, you know, you can, you can find out, you know, just about anything you want about what's going on in, in your body. On the other hand, it affects health behavior-wise how we listen to our bodies and the health of our bodies, okay? In other words, are we letting something else do all that listening for us? And, you know, and that's technology, you know, good, bad, or or indifferent. So yes, I, I think health behavior is, is, is certainly is a, is a given. It, it might be a given even going forward for, for many, decades on this so you know, one thing, go ahead clarence yeah no that's one of the one of the things i'm and again i am so appreciative of the of of this conversation right now was there any conversation about about the uh community's engagement with with uh healthy people 2030 i think you know was there some some conversation that we need to be hearing about our role in this process and what we could be doing and what we should be doing in order for us to help our our our, our country to reach healthy 2030 would you share something like that with us please yeah in fact um which is which is uh fairly unique to healthy people 2030 is in fact that we have this fifth goal that is all about multi-sectoral and multi-stakeholder um uh, objectives to make sure that there are that that there is an uh, an opportunity for implementation to happen at the community level that is not only public health for example but that public health has an opportunity to talk to education to nutrition to to infrastructure related you know like transportation other sectors working together to you know to do this and so um one of the 
one of the unique um, aspects, I think, of Healthy People 2030 was that our advisory committee um, ended up writing a set of briefs. And the briefs were intended to provide people throughout the country with access to the way that the that the advisory committee really was thinking about these issues. And one of the briefs is in fact related to this multi-sectoral kind of uh, work that we need to have shared objectives um, that communities and, and, and people within the communities agree with so that there is an, uh, an, an you know, call it an, a shared uh, ownership uh, of the activities that are going on. Um, you know, of course, that is pretty difficult to do in a short time frame before you need to get your report out to the secretary. But the idea really was that uh, that 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 the 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 advisory committee really, at the end of the day, being an advisory committee, that's that was the only thing that we did. But then that the federal interagency work group, which really are the staff of the 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 various agencies across our government work together to also create sort of a participatory kind of approach with communities and community stakeholders in order to get action and implementation to happen in a way that is a shared activity that that we we have agreement uh, about you know what we need to do and how we need to go about it you know so, clarence and i have talked back and forth actually we had a show on engagement health in, engagement at the, at the, at the community level and um and and you alluded to this nico it really gets down to ownership i mean you could put you could put together a million objectives but if a community or a population doesn't own them mm -hmm. then nothing's going to go anywhere so the objectives have to be written or developed in such a way that um, communities can not only get engaged, but own it and get excited about it. Then we'll start seeing, hopefully, some changes in, in the right direction. You know, um, you alluded to, and I, and, I and I have to bring it up, you know, things happen, okay? And um, COVID is one of them, okay? So I'm, I'm curious, how the um, the panel that put together all of these objectives considered things such as the unexpected. Okay, now obviously COVID is in the arena of infectious disease, so I'm assuming that it was embedded somewhere there. But talk to that. Talk to us about that. The unexpected health issue that frankly, in many ways, can put the work of, of uh, healthy people kind of in, a, in a, a slowed up pattern for a while until something like COVID is, is managed. So COVID's a perfect illustration. So how, yeah. talk to me about that one. Yeah, great, great question again. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, we didn't see COVID coming. Right. Um, nobody did. did see, <laughs> nobody did. But we, you know, as an as an advisory committee, we actually did see something coming. We, you know, because it wasn't it wasn't like nobody had anticipated some of these challenges to show up. We just 
you know, we just had no idea that it was going to be COVID per se. Or when. Or when. Yeah. Um, you know, so so in the in the way that we try to address it, um, we and this is one of the briefs, in fact, that was written on this, we thought of it as a systems issue. So how can a system be ready and resilient enough as a system to be uh, to be prepared for some unforeseen event that is going to have a huge impact on 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 you know millions of people um, you know throughout the country and in this this case globally the world yeah world um, so so the the idea was. Uh, is it possible to think of this as a uh, as a system that can be resilient and and respond to something that is that is devastating at the individual level, but mm -hmm. can actually you know be um, be ready and be you know fairly quickly uh, able to respond, and so that was the approach that that we took to this. Much was you know sort of uh, you know thought about in a way that different agencies and different institutions can work together uh, across you know sort of st uh, sector lines if you will uh, to address all this and i think that's in effect how covid uh, behaved in in that yeah. sense uh, the uh, how we responded or reacted you know the pharmaceutical uh, industry worked closely with public health um, you know got to vaccines uh, all of those issues were were you know sort of happening uh, in 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 record time. Yeah. Um, but, but from a from a healthy people perspective, it was very much about you know how do you deal with uh, unintended consequences, you know things that you didn't foresee happening per se, but they were happening, and how you know how can how can different sectors, different agencies uh, be ready. To look at uh, at the issue of health and well-being, um, you know, to to respond in a way that that not is is not just bringing bringing us back to where we were, yeah. you know, sort of like the resiliency idea is giving you an an effort that gets you back to baseline. Yeah. But how can you move beyond baseline into a direction that allows you to build and and build rebuild better? In a, in a sense, you know, getting rid of the things that that you want to get rid of, so you can get to achieving health equity, right. achieving health, attaining health literacy, you know, and and all of those issues that are underlying drivers of health and well being, and that would include the physical world, the social, and the economic determinants of health as well. So you know, what is it that we can change? In a way that is much uh, uh, is much more intentionally driving us towards improved health and well-being, rather than hoping for the best. You know, the silver platter in 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 COVID is um, it perhaps was a lesson, perhaps still is a lesson on how it is that we address things at the individual level, at the political level, at the business level quickly there was a sense of immediacy yeah. Yeah. and um and maybe um you know at some point somebody will write lessons learned from this that will have impact on 
2030 objectives for the nation and how it is, how how we could be really successful with them. Clarence, you got your hand up there. Oh, you're on mute. Let me quickly unmute myself. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Dr. Brown, thank you. Again, you know what? Researchers are, are really good at getting research and maybe 10, 15, 20 years later, we might hear about it. Okay. With all these multi-sector um, organizations working together, how are we going to disseminate information? Oh, this this learning that we're that we're getting, how will it get back to the community? Which gets back to Stan's kind of Stan's Stan's question: Is there a dissemination plan that as we go through twenty thirty that we don't have to wait till twenty forty to get the information? What 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 are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I would say uh, incredibly rich sources include the website. The Healthy okay. People 2030 website. Okay. And that website is is worked on, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay. So you see updates all the time. Okay. Uh, this really is the number one access point for the for the entire initiative. Um so so that's that's one one way. Another way is how, for example, uh, the connections to the initiative are built into grant programs. You know, local public health can write grants to the Centers for Disease Control. The many of those grants, you know, drive the the the, the healthy people objectives into local constituencies. And you know, that is one very, I think, uh, effective way to very quickly get into the local communities and link those uh, objectives together. Now, having said that, one of the challenges that Healthy People 2030 had was that we had to reduce the number of objectives from 2020 by more than half. Mm -hmm. So that mean, meant we had to go from more than 1,200 objectives to less than 600. And you can't just do that by taking an ax and going here and chopping there. You have right. to have a reason. So we worked very hard on, on, on a set of criteria that allowed us to whittle down uh, the number of objectives. And actually, it, it, it's not work that the advisory committee did. We created the criteria that the federal interagency work group then used to create the final objectives. So the ongoing management of healthy people sits with the federal interagency work group. And so the work that that group did in my view was absolutely brilliant uh, you know they this was not a group of people that just took that axe and start chopping i mean they literally were very thoughtful in the way they went about these you know whittling down these 1200 objectives using the criteria we had laid out but really thinking through what it meant to end up still with a balanced portfolio that addresses the major public health issues of our time so, so I think very, very excellent work was, was done there. And that landed us at about 355 objectives. Now, when you take the 2020 people, uh, healthy people objectives, and you look at those and you then compare them to the goals that we set for 2030, we wanted much more upstream social determinant kind of goals. So when you whittle down the existing objectives, you don't have the new ones yet. So the challenge now, today, <laughs> is how does the Healthy People Initiative 
add more social determinants, health equity, health literacy type of goals Mm -hmm. in order to get to the goals that we set and the purpose of Healthy People 2030. So there is a lot of work going on now that I think is, uh, is connecting very closely to the ongoing dialogue that's happening in our communities. Mm-hmm. So for example, what are the types of, uh, of objectives that we need to add to our core objectives? Because now there are three sets, it's core developmental and research objectives. And so those core objectives, those 355, we can have a little bit more added to those that really represent uh, what Healthy People 2030 was about. And that is that upstream uh, overarching set of goals that can really change the way that we uh, organize our communities. You know, it's interesting. Somebody that would um, that's new to the uh, to the idea of uh, healthy people and the objectives for the nation, when they would listen to a, this podcast and, and and Nico says, yeah, we've got it down to 600. And somebody would say, 600? My God. <laughs> How are we going to do anything with 600 objectives? And little did they know that, you know, double that for the, you know, the decade, decade before. So um, we're getting there. We're becoming, I think, you know, my perception of it is, um, Perhaps we're becoming more precise. We're becoming more um, accurate. We're becoming better at um, knowing what we can and cannot measure. Um, we're aware of, of policies, et cetera, that um, have have been developed because of things over the years. And so we're getting better that way too. So let me let me t- ask you a couple of things. There, there's one that's going to be near and dear to my heart in a second here, but this one. Um, you allude, Nico, you alluded to the idea that um, the objectives really are linked with a variety of different arenas. So basically what we've heard of in the last, I don't know, maybe five, six years is this concept of health in all policies, okay? No matter where, there's health in education, there's health in transportation, there's health in in environment, there's health everywhere. And unless you connect health, literally health, with all this stuff, um, we're not going to be healthy. So talk to us about that, health in all policies. Is that a connecting factor here? Yeah, it is. And in fact, um, we've argued for health and well-being in all policies. Health and well-being, absolutely. Um, so so the idea uh, very much is about, you know, using policies, regulatory issues, law um, as, as vehicles to connect those dots into a way that allows you to shape an environment around an individual and around a group of people that is health enhancing rather than uh, than uh, a detriment to, to health. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there are so many examples, uh, you know, that you can point to that basically say, you know, if you look at the housing policy and if a, if a housing policy is not, not helpful 
for people to be living in a place that is safe, that is clean, that is, you know, then then it's not going to help your health. Correct. Um, so so those are good examples, I think. And of course, there are hundreds of them that you can point to. So the idea of health and well-being and all policies is to connect those dots and make yeah. sure that there is a, a line of sight between individual and group uh, population level health and, and impacts there. It goes back, I think, to the earlier comment about, you know, the need for a framework. You know, Healthy People provides a framework. Um, mm -hmm. And in this case, Healthy People 2030, we have a very strong framework, I think, that connects those dots in a way that you can, you can look at opportunities for implementation or opportunities for intervention. But you can go back to the framework and make sure, make sure that it's couched within that context so that you don't end up going into a different direction that is not consistent. And I think that, you know, that the overarching issues there is that you do need some level of an actionable database that allows you to measure, see the improvement, report, you know, on, on your progress, or if there is not no improvement that you can change the approach that you take um, and, and leverage as much as you know about evidence-based interventions. And then, of course, to keep that going, you need strategic investment of resources. Yeah. And those, that, that you apply those resources to the right populations to go back again to say, make sure that this doesn't you know, increase disparities, but that it reduces disparities. Then make sure that it, uh, that it addresses equitable investments and that again health literacy is attained yeah um, so the, those being the the three overarching uh, issues so I, I, I again i appreciate the the fact that you started off um <clears throat> talking about the you know redefining words uh one of the things that's interesting to me is that when i heard the term health and all policies i think about how people think about that i'm thinking again from a community perspective okay many people when they think about health they just think about the doctor. They don't. They don't necessarily think about the 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 public health in all in all policies. And I think that one of the things for me is helping people to understand that 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 health in all policies, that public health, social determinants of health in all policies, which might help people to become a little bit clearer about yeah. the about the outcomes expectations. But right now we 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 have these words, but we need to define them for people. And I think that this is one of the disconnects that happens um, with with some of this work. And so I just wanted to just say that because it, it always bugs me, uh, you know, when I when I when, not not you, you don't bug me, but it always, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, people, no, I think you're yeah, I think you're spot on. Uh, this is why words are you know words matter. They're important. Yeah, do. And, and, and you need to define what it is that you're talking about, because otherwise we don't know what we're talking about. In fact, exactly. <laughs> when we started, when when the first report came out for public comment mm -hmm. for the advisory committee for Healthy People 2030, one of the comments that we that we got back uh, that repeatedly showed up in thousands of comments coming mm -hmm. in was, "What do you guys mean by well-being?" Yes. You know what? What are you talking about when you say well-being? Right. Which actually led to us defining health and well-being as a single term, um, which which is the way think the way people think, feel, and function at a personal and social level, and how they evaluate their lives as a whole. 
That's how we ended up defining health and well-being. And then, and then we said, and let's be sure um, that we tell the, the public how the advisory committee is thinking about these issues. Exactly. And that led to the development of the briefs. So they are available on the website and people can sort of see our background thinking about a lot of these issues. But, but this is exactly right. I mean, we need to know when we say environment, you know, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? Well, exactly. we're talking about the physical environment, the social environment, and the economic right. environment. And and those that's sort of we kept saying, you know, what is it that needs explanation? What is it that needs more clarity, so that we can get around these issues that different groups can look at at different ways? I mean, the the um, the challenge with health in all policies is partly that it makes it feel like everything should be organized around health. Health is the most important mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Well, it may be if you're in health, mm -hmm. but if you're in transportation, you may think, well, transportation is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, mm -hmm. so it, it, you know, we really need to be inclusive and, mm -hmm. and inviting others to our party, so to speak, yeah. and be good partners. Uh, yeah. to to make sure that we can get to these impacts i think uh, uh you know the the need for public health to partner with other sectors is absolutely critical to mm -hmm. being successful in this mm -hmm. and you know one other example of an of a sector would be business and industry and you know any any ceo of a company may think well you know i'm i'm in manufacturing i'm not in health well that's not really true. You know, mm -hmm. any company has an impact on people's health. Mm -hmm. It doesn't Absolutely. matter what your, what your industry is. It doesn't matter what your sector is. You have an impact on people's health because you have people. Mm -hmm. And if your people aren't healthy, believe it, you're you not going to be the successful. Impact that you make, the products that you create all have an impact on health. Absolutely. So, um, so, the, so the linkages are there. Uh, it doesn't. It, it's not too difficult to get the linkages to to, to see the linkages and to see the opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the difficulty is to to get people together Correct. and make sure that you have agreement uh, on shared objectives. Mm -hmm. So the nice thing about this, though, is that there is an opportunity here to create shared value mm -hmm. as the benefit that comes out of this work. Mm -hmm. And and what when we see this time and again is when you do end up having an opportunity to sit with people you know, at the table and talk about these issues, that it doesn't really take that long to figure out where the benefit is that is a shared benefit to all stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And if you keep that front and center, work together, you can end up with really good, good outcomes. You know, I can't agree with you more. I mean, um, you know, trans pick transportation. You know, well, excuse me, how you can connect connect that almost immediately to health access. It's just mm -hmm. like you know, if a yeah. mother, a pregnant mother, can't get to a clinic, you know, hello, we have to talk here, you know, in order to come up with methods and programs to make these successful. Can't agree with you more. So let me let me pick one because I'm I'm again I'm going to be reflecting back to that first healthy people document and i can i can see it actually if you know if there's if this was more of a visual i could actually show our listening audience the actual document with the picture on it etc but at any rate in it 
it was divided into um, sections. Let's just pick sections around um, chronic disease. Okay, so there was a section in there on heart disease, cardiovascular. There was a, a section in there on, on diabetes. There was a section in there on cancer. There was a section in there on asthma, it's injury, etc. Okay, if we pick um, cardiovascular, just because that's kind of near and dear to my heart, no pun intended. Um, well, these years literally well these years, we have not seen major gains, especially, and I've mentioned this in previous shows, like in the, uh, in the, what's called the stroke belt in the, in the United States, it's still there. It's still up front and center. So I can't help, but ask this question that we're getting to the point where, um, these objectives seem reasonable as all hell, but we still got the issues. We still got it. I think Nico, you and I at one point said, you know what, Stan, we're still going to, all of us are still going to die and we're still going to die from something and we're still going to get sick from something. It's, I guess, the processing and the hows, how we get there, but relate to things that seem to be the same regard well okay. these years so so um so one way to think about this i think is to sort of take a look at these at these maps that the cdc creates um when we look at mortality across the united states you can see a pattern across the states across the counties within the state um and you if you turn that into a heat map you can kind of see that you know there are there are spots within the United States that have more disparities than you know than others. Um, then you, you you go from mortality to, for example, cardiovascular disease or diabetes, and a similar pattern emerges across the United States. Um, then you go to behaviors, physical inactivity, lack of sleep, tobacco use. As examples, a similar pattern emerges around the entire country. Uh, these heat maps all look kind of the same. Yeah. Then you ask the question, what does the heat map look like if you if you think about the deprivation index? As an example, uh, similar pattern uh, emerges. Um, you know, you, so the social determinants have a similar view as the behaviors. And so, so when you put all those maps together, I think you start getting closer and closer to the identification of a common source epidemic. Yeah. What is the underlying driver that is really responsible for all these issues? And in my view, that gets pretty close to social injustice. Yeah. And 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 so if if we really want to have a major impact on the health and well-being of all people around the United States, then I think we have to tackle social injustice. Yeah. And so thinking about what that means for a community, for a state, for a county, for a state, for the for the 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 the, the, the United States as a whole, I think those are the conversations we should be having. Because again, 
when you sit around the table and you talk to all people who are stakeholders around this issue, it doesn't take too long to figure out what is the shared benefit that comes out of this when you tackle it. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, uh, that's where the difficulty is. We don't have enough conversations. Yeah. We don't have enough civic engagement. Um, we need an, uh, an open mind and an open heart. Amen. Amen. And I, and I know, Clarence, you're all over that. I mean, the open conversations with, with, um, with communities. Okay, so um, ending thoughts here. Um, for years, um, healthy people did what they called a mid-course review. In other words, halfway between, you know, in the decade, they did a, a mid-course review to see, okay, where are we? Okay, are there plans for a mid-course review for uh, 2030, the objectives for the nation? Yeah, as far as I know, there are there are plans for that. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, there are ongoing updates to the objectives okay. that are there. Yeah. So currently, I think there is just recently the, the Healthy People 2020 final report was, was delivered. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then we starting to see the baseline numbers appear now on the website. Um, you know, Clarence said earlier, you know, Healthy People 2020, that was a big book. Well, there is no more book. It's all on the website now. <laughs> exactly. So, so, the, so the updates are coming, you know, and, and they continue to come as uh, more and more of those objectives are getting data behind them. And then there will be again an update uh, at mid-course and, and a final report at the end of the decade. Great. So um, for our listening audience, we'll make sure that we get the uh, the website on um, on. The, the Healthy People website on our Health Chatter website for for your for your reference. Um, Nico, this has been wonderful. Um, on behalf of, of Health Chatter and, and everybody who listens in, thank you. Um, for me as a colleague, I want to you know thank you dearly for for the work that you that you did and put into uh, the development of Healthy People 2030, the, the objectives for the nation. And we we hope that, you know, we can have you back so that we can say, okay, Nico, where are we? <laughs> are we making any strides here? And and hopefully that answer will, will be a yes. So thank you for joining uh, Health Chatter with us today. For our listening Welcome. audience, Thank you for joining us, listening to the uh, healthy people, the objectives for the nation. You know, we've had a focus, well, these well, these episodes a lot on what's going on more, I guess, locally or in the state. But this gives us a perspective on how it is that we link our work um, nationally as well. So for all of you, keep health chatting away. Hi, everyone. It's Matthew from Behind the Scenes. And I wanted to let everyone know that we have a new website up and running, healthchatterpodcast.com. You can go on there. You can interact with us. You can communicate with us. Send us a message. You can comment on each episode. You can rate us. Uh, and it's just another way for everyone to communicate with uh, Stan and Clarence and all of us at the Health Chatter team. So definitely check it out. Again, that's healthchatterpodcast.com. Thank you.